Welcome back to a special week. Here we are kicking it off. It's Talk of the Town as Steve Knoxon takes some time off. He'll be back on Monday. Liz Bullard, our first guest host today on this Tuesday, and she joins us now live. Good afternoon, Liz Bullard. Thank you. I'm so excited. Thank you, um, WATR and listeners out there. I'm so excited to be um, hosting for Talk of the Town host Steve Knoxon today. And for those of you who are new to Coffee and Convos, it is my podcast where I talk about local issues that are happening in the Waterbury community. I also like to talk about things that are more global, broad in nature, happening in the world around. And like this conversation here, I hope to touch on some local and some broader topics with my special guest, Keisha Gilliams. Her name might sound familiar because she most recently ran in the mayoral election in 2019, I believe it is. How are you doing, Keisha? Hello, Liz. Yay. I can hear you perfectly. Very good. Very good. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to have you here to discuss our topic on the radio because Coffee and Combos is one year this month. And so you were one of the first people I had as a guest. So I'm glad you were able to come and share this moment with me. Uh, thank you so much for even inviting me. Thank you for even thinking about me. Aw, and so in coffee and combo fashion, I will ask you the coffee question. Um, for those of you who don't know, I like to start off with asking people if they're a coffee and tea or tea person. And Keisha, I know you've already answered this a million times, but let the yes. listeners know, are you a coffee or a tea person? I drink neither. I don't drink coffee nor tea. I drink tea if I'm sick. Mm-hmm. Um, when I go to Dunkin' Donuts, I get a vanilla shy. <laughs> And I, and I think like that really represents who you are. You go with your own flow. You are this mix of, I feel like chai is like this spicy blend, but you know, adding that, that latte, that milk to it is like that mellow. And I think you're this mix of like hard and soft. So I think that like really um, sums up who you are. Oh, thank you for seeing that in me because you know, I really am hard or soft. Like some people think I'm just soft, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm really a combination of both. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so kind of jumping into this topic, which is I wanted to discuss what's important to voters this election and what kind of prompted this or drove me to this was online. You see so much this divide between the older generation and the younger generation on all these issues that are um, being addressed through uh, either Biden or Trump. And so I wanted to pick your brain, especially since when you ran in the mayoral election, you talked about the younger generation, making sure that they had a space, making sure that they had a voice. And so I, again, thought of you in regards to this topic. So what are you seeing out there when you interact with people with these different topics? So it would make sense that the younger generation versus the older generation views are different because their wants are different. Mm. Their needs are different, right? So when you're younger, you know, you're just trying to make do. You know, you you go to school, you know, you overpay for college, you overpay for housing, and older people are, like, more established, Mm -hmm. right? So our wants are different. Um, So I, I believe as a voter, no matter your age group, you have to decide who is best for not only you, but your community as a whole. Which one between, and now, listen, Trump and Biden, they're exact opposites. Mm. And that's why this election is so, is so different for me, because it's like, I can tell you, I don't know who's going to win. 
Mm-hmm. I can't tell you who I think. I can tell you who I'm voting for, mm-hmm. but I don't know who's going to actually win the election because there's two different people running for office and their views are very different. 100% different, too. Not like a little in between. Absolutely. And, and so I, as a younger person, like even your generation, that's your generation, you're young. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys have to wonder, because basically you guys are taking on a lot of debt, right? Mm-hmm. You're taking on a lot of debt. And most of you still live at home. Mm-hmm. So you have to wonder, how are you going to make it through? And if, if either one, if either one of them will be the one to help you, you know? Absolutely. And and I like how you said it's this difference between the established and more established, because it really does seem like those that are in the older generation are like, well, I want to protect what I have. I don't want to adapt to change because I know that this has already worked. And you have this new generation or this younger generation saying, I cannot obtain the wealth of previous generations because of X, Y, and Z and are really looking to change some of these systems. And there seems to be this divide and this push and this pull. See, the thing about changing, it's very hard to change mindsets, right? Mm-hmm. No matter how people see it. like you, I can say, okay, I, like, you know, I hate taxes, right? Mm-hmm. I hate high taxes. So I want to change the tax system. But... People are like, oh, no, you can't change the tax system because no one else has ever changed the tax system. Mm-hmm. You understand? Mm-hmm. So when you think that someone cannot do a job because no one else has done the job, which they're supposed to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Supposed to do the job to help everyone in the community. And when you see that they're not doing it, why would you even want to vote? A lot of people don't want to vote, even though they're registered to vote. They don't want it because they're like, nothing's going to change. Mm-hmm. And you have to have it in your heart that something has to change. It has to change. The world is different now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the content that you see on Facebook is so quick. You know, the the racial divide that I'm seeing, which I don't like to see. Mm-hmm. I feel as if our current president mm-hmm. wants to start like a race war. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I feel. Um, so you have to to believe that someone's going to change it. The thing about politics is sometimes the same like-minded people run for office, right? Mm-hmm. When you have the same like-minded people running for office, you will always get the same like-minded result. And that's mm-hmm. just the bottom line. I'm not here to, like, sugarcoat. You know, I'm going to be nice, Liz, but, you know, when you have the same like-minded people nominated, running constantly, the same people, no term limits, no term limits. You know, you want to be in Congress, you're 80 years old, no offense about anyone who's 80. <laughs> Right? <laughs> right? You, you, you're there too long. You're there too long. Yes. And you're taking up space and you're not being progressive. You're not letting anyone else come in and help the population. Absolutely. And, and I, I love how you talked about having, you know, a mix and again, putting up the same people over and over and over, because I think that stunts growth. And at least for me in looking at COVID and everything like that. Some of the issues we're talking about, whether it's mail in voting, we have discussed before. Like these are not like just new 2020 issues. We've discussed right. that. And if we were more progressive before, we would have right. had things in place so that some of these transitions would not be so difficult. So I think you definitely need a mix of people and not to just say I'm voting for this party or that party or for this person or that person. I think you really have to look at what mix of people is going to be beneficial for not only you, but for other generations. And I don't think we always do that as, uh, you know, the voter. I think we just kind of get in this routine of, well, I vote this way and I vote that way. But I think we're seeing 
the the negative ramifications of because of that we you know you have to think and say can this person problem solve is this person progressive and thinking about again the mix of people um, because again we are a diverse nation so you need to have multiple different people um, that are going to help have checks and balances right and even looking at our politics in the city of Waterbury because mm-hmm. not only is there a presidential election mm-hmm. there's also going to be you know your your state. Mm-hmm. representatives are running again they run every two years mm-hmm. so in our city we have five representatives right mm-hmm. each five you know different um districts they represent so you only have one woman you know stephanie cummins of course she's in my district yes mm-hmm. you, you hear her on yet right mm-hmm. absolutely stephanie, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm a democrat i'm voting for a republican you know but we're gonna cheer her on but she is the only female running for state rep where where are all the women yes it is not where are all the women at you know what i'm saying forget about race because people always want to throw race in there you don't even have gender equality you know what i'm saying absolutely no gender equality absolutely you have constantly waterbury i go on about their politics but but i'm no- glad you brought that up because in thinking i'm really interested to see what the numbers look like for the presidential election because while we are a democratic city, you know, we have a lot of Democrats in leadership. Sometimes the views, again, um, social media, like I've just been on social media looking at different comments, um, whether it's on different articles and things. And we tend to lean very, quote unquote, Republican in nature, such as like voting against the police accountability bill, um, our issues with right. the statue, things right. that you would think like for a democratic city we would be for have been kind of um, contentious issues and I'm so- happy you noticed that yeah <laughs> <laughs> you noticed that that's right because honestly though most democrats are actually republicans they just say they're democrats to be voted in office just throw that out there just to let you know it's not it's not a false they're actually democrats that are really republicans that's why they will vote on the side of the republican and it's okay it's, if they had the opportunity or the guts to say they're republicans they know they know that can get voted into office mm. and that's just the bottom line so you would think that for someone that's a that's a blue state everyone would be for the police accountability bill mm-hmm. like myself right mm-hmm. because police have to be held accountable but therefore most are not because why because the police some people believe the police shouldn't be held accountable mm-hmm. you know yeah. they just believe that and that's okay too <laughs> Absolutely. You know, like to each his own. But it, it really is um, interesting. And like I said, I'm interested to see the numbers and how they fall for Waterbury. But what are you thinking or what do you think are going to be some of the big issues that are going to divide people generationally? I think one of the biggest issues would be employment. Mm-hmm. Um Employment is, you know, down, of course, because of COVID, you know, COVID here, here's COVID. It's changed the whole outcome of everyone's life. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely the police accountability bill. Mm-hmm. Um, some people may even think about Russia when they think about Trump. But I believe Trump's numbers are going to be very high in all of Connecticut. Mm. Only because of what I see, you know, people have Trump signs, the flags, um, you know, Trump on their cars. I see that often as I'm driving throughout Connecticut. So I believe for him, he's going to do well here. Um, outside of COVID and employment, I also believe that um, racial divide would be an issue too. I mean, some things that he says is um, derogatory towards ethnic groups. Mm-hmm. What he's done, you know, with the immigra- immigration. And personally, 
my biggest thing is people should see, has, has your life changed in the last four years? Has he made it a positive change in the last four years for their life? And if not, then hopefully they'll, you know, go with Biden and Harris. And, you know, that's not even just to say, like, for the presidential, but I think that's important when you are considering voting in in elections. Have the people that are on that ballot changed your life? And if not, you know, are you ready for a change? And sometimes the answer is, you know, no, my life has not changed or things have gotten worse. But, you know, I'm not ready for change. I'm not ready to try something new. And so I think that we're being confronted with, you know, again, people complain year after year about, um, you know, elections, there's no good person or anything like that. But I think it depends on how much change are you ready for? How much change are you ready for? How much change do you really want? I mean, do you really want... This is the thing about Trump, though. He has helped your 401k plans, even though stock market is down. He has helped that part of it, where um, financially you're doing better if you have a 401k, if you even got into the stock market when he became president. He's helped that in that in that area, but has he helped in all areas? Mm. I don't know. I can't answer that for for anyone else but myself, and that would be, of course, no. Mm-hmm. And you know, before we get into some of these other topics, but I think we're also seeing that we not only value things that are tangible, like you know, our, our money and the economy, but we're also seeing that we also value things like integrity, honesty, like our morals and values are just as important. And so that's also been interesting to see on um, the larger scale with the presidential election. So morals and values have nothing to do with politics, right? (laughs) Morals, it just doesn't. I'm so sorry. Like morals and values and politics should not be in the same sentence. But um, Mm. because, and that's factual. It's not that I'm making things up. It's just that, you know, people morally can find a way around doing the moral the moral thing, right? Mm. Find a way around because technically it is a lot about money. Mm-hmm. Um, so when money is involved, and a lot of money is involved, not like you know a million dollars, a lot of money goes in hands. And um, when you're your congressman, they, they a lot of money just flows that way. So you have to figure out how to circumvent the whole moral morality of things, and not just. Um, you know, just you want to be, you want to go for the people, right? You want to be for the people. That's why you, you're in office for the people. Mm-hmm. However, it really is going to be about the business. So, would you say rather right. than morals and values, it sounds like more of like a justice or injustice? So, like, meaning you're supposed to be there for the people, you're supposed to be making sure that everyone gets their, their rights and their needs met, or the majority of people, right? Because you can never right. get there for all the people. So do you think it's more of a justice, a feeling like justice is being served? Justice will always be served to the individual, mm. <laughs> right? It will always be served to the individual that is there in politics, I'm talking about, not for the, the little person that's going to vote for them. Got it. You know, when you're in office, your goal is to stay there. Mm. <laughs> you understand? When you win an office, your goal is to stay there, day one. Mm. And how are you going to stay there? You know, when when so much is going around, how do you stay there? That How is that your goal when you really should be helping the people? Mm-hmm. And yet you can't do both. Obviously, here we are in 2020, mm-hmm. and there are so many people that are without. Mm. Whatever they're without, whether whether it's money, education, you know, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. it is, health care, everything. 
they're without. So that's 2020. You know what I'm saying? 20 years ago, when I was around your age, <laughs> right? <laughs> when I was around your age, it was very different. You know, you could you could live, you could move out of your parents' house. Mm-hmm. You could go go to college. I went to school. What I pay for school and what you guys would pay for the UConn, right? Right now, is I couldn't afford it. I could not Mm-mm. afford it. And then if you top that with children, you have mm. kids. I don't know how anyone as of right now is doing it. I don't. Mm-hmm. And and the people who are have that power to help, whether it's your state or local level, state or your federal, somewhat, somewhat they're going to help, but most of the time they're just going to help themselves. And that's no matter who it is, no matter what they look like, they're going to help themselves. Mm-hmm. And you, we need people that's going to help all of us, mm. not just some of us and not just the big businesses. You know, we need someone who's going to come in along and help all of us. Now, do I think that Biden and Harris will eventually help all of us and not themselves? No, because technically they're going to help themselves too, right? <laughs> <That's what it laughs> but, but I think that generally they, they're empathetic mm. to where our society is. And I don't see empathy from the side of Trump. You know, I don't see that from him. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, what for me, when I think of a person I, you know, a candidate, I think of their total person. And again, like you said, it's that empathy factor. And I think you need yeah. to for me, I, you need to have that as a politician or someone who's in office because you represent the people. The people are who put you there and you will never be able to make sure every single person gets their needs met. But it makes a difference when you do that in a way that is unkind, in a way where it's like, hey, I wasn't able to fund this surface this time, but I see and understand how difficult that is going to be. And I think even, what again, whether the person in office believes that or not, acknowledging that, I think it's just important. Right. Most definitely be empathetic to society and what people are going through right now, mm-hmm. which is why you ask them to vote for you, right? If, <laughs> you you know, ask them absolutely. to vote for you to change their life, and mm-hmm. yet you haven't changed their life. Mm, I think that that's important. You know, you asked me to vote for you to change your life and you're not. Mm. I think that's important because they are running saying that I'm going to change your life. I'm going to do this or that. And I think that's an important question to ask as we go into this election. Right. And for those that are unregistered voters, like the more people that vote, that literally is your voice this election. Mm. The more people that vote, the more... You know, when they, cause they'll break it down by numbers, you know, area, district-wise. And the more people that vote, the more people are going to be heard. Like, oh, you know, wow, like, you know, 75% of the voters came out. That's different. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Especially in Waterbury, where, you know, it's like 25%. You know, so the more you vote, the more you'll be heard. And the more scared you will make your politicians. You understand? Because, like I said, their goal is to just stay there. And on that note, I think that's a great place to take a pause. So thank you. We'll be right back after some breaks. And thank you. Thank you again for uh, being this opportunity to be on WATR. I am joined with Keisha Gilliams. Keisha, you there? Yes, I'm here. All right. So we're jumping back into the conversation, talking about what's important to voters. And Keisha, you said... um, the economy, um, racial injustice, jobs. And so I also kind of had thought about those things as well. So like I had tied in this, the response to COVID and the economy 
um, because it's seeming like those are going to be hand in hand, especially as we head into um, the winter season and how that's going to combine with um, flu season. So kind of what are yeah. you, why did that stick out to you, whether, you know, the economy and COVID, why did that stick out to you as something important? Well, because COVID, that's, that's what's here right now. That's our present, mm-hmm. right? So because of our present, people are going to think about his reaction to it, um, where we are economically because of it, and who knows where we'll be in November. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, a, that's a, like, what, eight weeks away, maybe. Mm-hmm. So um, you don't know where we'll be. So I think that going to the polls, people are going to see whether hopefully it will get better, but it may become worse. And if our numbers creep back up and we shut back down, I think there's going to be a problem somewhere for some from one of those politicians, like either <laughs> Trump or Biden, it's going to be a big problem once our numbers creep back up. And the flu season, that's every year. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Flu season every year. So you never know what someone's going to have. You never know what it's going to turn into. Absolutely. And like for me, it stood out because we kind of saw like when that first hit how whether it was the stock market, whether it was businesses, like it definitely hit everybody across all spectrums, um, whether rich, poor, whatever industry you were in, it shifted things. And so like you were talking about, it's you know something that we're handling in the present, but the ramifications also can go into the future as far as some businesses um, that are closing are not going to be able to reopen. And right. so that means a loss of jobs. That means a loss yeah, of, right. you know, things like retirement, savings. You know, right. there is an income hit. And it goes back to what you were saying about the more established for with the older generation and the younger generation who are trying right. to get those things. And it's just right. going to create more and more of a wedge. A, a huge divide. I mean, most restaurants definitely are not opening back up again. Mm-hmm. You know, we killed that industry, I think. Um, and again, if we shut down again, I don't know what's going to do to the businesses. I mean, you have so many people filing for unemployment. Mm-hmm. And then you had the PPP um, e- uh, loans that some got, some didn't get. Mm-hmm. You know, the, so you never know where, where we're headed with this COVID virus because of the COVID virus. And then we have people who are in office that this is the first time it's ever happened. So now everyone is reactionary and you know, mm-hmm. we're reacting to everything, you know, whether it's right or wrong, we're still reacting to it. So mm-hmm. again, no matter, even, even after the elections, we're going to still be reacting to this probably for another year. Absolutely. If not longer. And so I think that's, again, something that's going to be critical is not only how, politicians reacted or responded to it but like their plans for um, recovery and to prevent god forbid if something like this happened again you also mentioned um hmm, let's see do we want to go we'll save that one for last but you mentioned things like um housing job security things that i considered like quality of life being able to sustain yourself as something that's going to be important um, why did that also is something that you think is going to be something that's important or can possibly tip the stick scales? Because of housing right now, as you, I don't know if you know this or not, but you can't be addicted. I mm-hmm. think they extended that all year mm-hmm. um, for the rest of the year. So you have people who are not paying their rent, mm-hmm. their mortgages, and come January first, you know all this money is going to be due somehow. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, if you don't have a job, mm-hmm. right? So you don't have any money coming in, even though you have unemployment, but you still have other bills besides the mortgage and your rent. Mm-hmm. You know, 
you're going to be evicted. We are about to have major housing crisis. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it's scary to think about that. But again, you know, some of the people that have tried to have more progressive policies around sustaining people, it's like you wonder if we would have tried that or had at least some of those measures in place, would that have made this not such a hard hit with everyone losing their jobs? Because we're, we're allowing people to sustain currently, you know, in their homes and they're not working, they're looking for work. And so it's like if we would have just had some type of housing reform or something to sustain people, would we not be in such a crisis or heading into such a crisis? In order to have like a housing reform, because no matter what, money has to flow somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So whether your, land, your landlord has a mortgage, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that has to be paid mm-hmm. from somewhere. So that is tax dollars. Mm. <laughs> so do you, do they, would they even um, have a fund tax dollars that's going to sustain housing? And in Connecticut, of all places, you know, we're very overpriced to live here. We um, are. Like, it, like, like it's a lot. It's, it's a lot of money to live here. So I don't know if anyone can really do that. They have We have the funds for that. I mean, mm. I don't know if we have the funds for that. But the thing is, whether we do or not, we're going to have a major housing crisis in January. You know, so they're going to have to come up with something for them. Um, Absolutely. But no matter what, a bank has to be paid. Mm. somewhere along the line. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure banks are not going to say, oh, okay, let's write off, you know, $50 million. Um, <laughs> I happen. mean, it would be nice, right? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> But, and, you know, the quality, our, you know, the thing about Connecticut, too, is we, we're just overtaxed here. Mm. I, I mean, and again, go back into the your age group. I would not know what to do if I couldn't pay my own way. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, and and you guys, you're you're trying to find jobs. You know, you have a master's degree. You're getting offered for twenty five thousand dollars a year. You know, you're not even getting your quality of life mm-hmm. not be the same with what we are hiring people at. Absolutely, and honestly, unless you're working two or three jobs. And and that is is crazy because even again, people at the master's level who have like professions are needing two and three jobs to sustain. And I literally am scared what happens post-COVID with, you know, the economy, housing, just all these things that help people survive. I am terrified because if you are already having a hard time, if you are already struggling now, it's going to be a mess um, after when, like, the bill is due. That's right. And and that is more mental, right? So Mm -hmm. you're... COVID has affected everyone, I think, mentally, mm. including myself. You know, I always say I'm not a drinker. You know, I don't mm. drink alcohol, but I'm like, wait a minute. Maybe I should start drinking. <laughs> something, has to, something has to get me through this. Like, it's like, wait, <laughs> something, something has to get me through it. I mean, it's, it's a lot to deal with on top of everything else. And then we have COVID, but then you have a presidential election all in the same year. Mm. of two different people, one telling you he's going to give you the world, which he's not. Mm-hmm. The other one telling you he's not going to give you the world. I still want to be voted in. You know <laughs> right? Absolutely. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought in the mental aspect because, yeah. um, like, side note, I, I do hope that we normalize mental health um, 
whether services or just like checking in, like the same way you go to a doctor, same way, like, you, you know, just having that mental health check because it's stressful and it's going to get more stressful um, after this election, no matter what happens. I think, you know, we're heading into a lot of uncertainties. And so I think just so we don't self-medicate with you know, the right. alcohol, Keisha. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, you know, I think yeah. that is, you know, important. And even as, you know, we think about the kids going back to school today, having that sensitivity of, you know, you want them to go and perform well and do all this, but they're under a certain amount of stress as well. And, you know, we've seen, we've all seen the Karen videos that <laughs> like people are stressed yeah. out and acting out. And um, so be kind to yourself and be kind to others. Right. That's what you want to do. But things with, you know, you have your children going back to school today. Some are back in school. Some are doing homeschooling. Um, and that no matter, no ma- for the parents that are sending their children to school, mm-hmm. like they actually go to school, you know, you have to give it to them because that, some of them have to be fearful, mm. right? So you have to like, you know, mentally, it's like, please, don't let anything happen to my child, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then you have parents who need their children to go to school mm-hmm. because they work, mm-hmm. right? And so, it's still like, please, don't let anything happen to my child. So, you know, that prayer, and that, Liz, is huge for me this year. Mm. That prayer, that is a constant prayer, a 24-7 prayer since January. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. A 24-7 prayer, and it's and mentally, that is stressing, too. It really is. And I'm glad that you, you bring that up, the, you know, people that have to send their kids to school, even though they might right. want to keep them home. And, right. you know, I, I do think that that's an unfortunate thing. Like, we live in this great country where we're supposed to have wealth and opportunity, but you have to choose between sending your child where you might be scared. And, you know, some people who are like, they're like, I'm completely comfortable with the safeguards and like, that's fine. But my concern is for the people who are like, I would rather keep my kid home because either they have a health condition or their child has a health condition, but they can't because they have to go to work. And it's like we couldn't have come up with something better. You know what I mean? Not last minute. You can't something better last minute. You had that plan in place. You know what I'm saying? That had to be in place two years, two, three, four, five years ago. You know, emergency preparedness, that has to be in place already. Mm. You know, we're just in a time where nothing has ever been in place because it never happened to us. Mm. It's happened to other countries, right? But mm-hmm. it has never happened here. So uh, even though we had the flu, you know, mm-hmm. we've had the, we had the flu has been here forever. So people died from the flu mm-hmm. also. So we never just thought things would be shut down. Everything would be stopped. You mm-hmm. know? No one thought anything would be stopped. Mm-hmm. So it's actually, we're just at a point in our lives where we need to plan better, I think. I, I agree. You For know, the it, impossible, you know? Ab- absolutely. And I think, again, going back to this election and things in my opinion you need to have those mix of people who are like forward thinking like okay what is our plan a through z and then you need those like right now people who are seeing what the issue is right now and i think you know as we've kind of touched upon you need to have that mix of people who are working and who see the problem at all these different angles um because you never know what's going to happen and it's about planning it's all about planning that's right it's all about planning and and those who can think outside the box too. Mm. You know, oftentimes we are really rigid in our thinking, mm-hmm. and so when you can think outside the box, 
again, different mindsets, mm. right? Different people all coming together that just think differently. Not all going to go along with the, the status quo. You know, you need to people who could think differently. You do. You absolutely do. Um, and that's not, again, to throw out like an old way of doing things, but Again, you need to have those people who are questioning what is normal so that we're always growing and moving forward. Right. The thing about me, I, I like to see change, right? Mm-hmm. I always want I want things to do change. You know, you can always keep some aspects of, of what you're used to, mm-hmm. but like 10% of that, 90% of that needs to be a change. Like you need to, um, in, in my life, I like to be progressive, mm-hmm. right? Where I was five years ago, I'm not there anymore. Where I was 10 years ago, I'm not there anymore. Mm-hmm. So... You have to be progressive. So even though you can hold on to a little bit, your lives need to be progressive. You know, we are in a world of um, Internet world. Mm -hmm. You know, there should be more things like in our school system. Coding should be Mm -hmm. like gym, you know, like Mm -hmm. the way we do gym, the way we do coding, you know, stuff like that needs to be. We need to be progressive. So when I talk about like minded people who Mm -hmm. are are happy, not happy, but they're satisfied in a way where they're not going to change, right? They'll, they'd rather hold on to 90% and only change 10%. Mm-hmm. You understand? I'm saying hold on to 10% and change 90%. Why do you think... Like, you need a, mm-hmm. Why do you think there is such an opposition? Like you talked about, like, even like in our personal lives, we're like, okay, it's a new year, new me. Okay, what went wrong uh, last year? You know, vision boarding. Like, we are always trying to be in an upward tilt as a person. Why do you find that or think that there's like opposition to that, whether it's in politics or like other forms. Businesses, you know, like they keep growing, you know, the products that we had, you know, five years ago, like iPhone is updating every year. Like we're fine with that. (laughs) Why do we tend to like not do that um, in other areas, whether it's politics or education? It's also like the safety net. You know, it's a safety net for many people. You know, you just keep the same. We're all alive. You know, you're do, you're alive. You're breathing. Why change anything? Why progress? Why why put different people, you know, in office when we're all at least still here? Does that mm. make any sense? We're, not, you know, we're all still alive. So why would I need to change? Like every year, you know, I say I want to lose weight. I haven't lost weight yet. Mm. But it has nothing to do with the world. It has everything to do with me mentally. Mm. Right? So mentally... When I'm ready to lose weight, I'll lose weight. <laughs> that makes sense? And we're, when we're ready to change, we'll change. That's just it's all mental. And sometimes when we have propaganda, meaning you see your ads, you know, you see you see different people that look the same but look a little different. They say they say the same thing, though. Especially mm-hmm. in politics, everyone says the same damn thing. It's very mm-hmm. scary. And, and nothing is ever done. Mm-hmm. Nothing. It'll just stay the same until the people who vote want the change and when the people who vote want to change they'll change that's how life goes i think absolutely and i think that's something good to think about again are you ready for change what is that level of change um and it goes back to like you said that that mental capacity you know am i mentally ready for change and what that means because if we want change that doesn't just change, you know, the politicians or the policies. There is a change that comes in with you, whether, you know, that's a lifestyle change or, or whatever. And it's right. like, are am I ready for that? 
are you ready? And mm-hmm. some people will say yes, mm-hmm. but really mean no. Mm-hmm. They, they're like, wait a minute, it's too fast. Mm-hmm. You know, some people want a very slow change, very mm-hmm. slow, you know, um, and me, I'm more like, let's just change it today. Mm-hmm. And let's see how it works tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you could, you know, adapt to your change. You always fix it, you know, but you want to, again, progress. Mm. And then the last thing you mentioned was, you know, racial uh, justice, you know, uh, police accountability. That's a big one. Um, How do you think that is going to shape this November election? Police accountability. Mm -hmm. Racial injustice. Let's see. So I don't know if that's going to be why people go to the polls. Mm. Um, I think that, well, that's not like a reason for me to go to the polls. But maybe for someone who truly, because, because when you say that a police officer needs to be held accountable for the job he is doing with the public, um, and people are against that, you have to now wonder what do these people see that they'll be against. You know what I'm saying? Like my vision of police accountability versus someone else's should kind of all be the same. You know, it's a job. Mm-hmm. Where people can be hired and fired, you know, and and to and justly stop someone, shoot someone, you know, what I'm saying that they need to be held accountable, mm-hmm. and that should be across. Everyone should just feel that same way. If it's not just to kill someone, then it shouldn't be done, mm-hmm. and then they have to be held accountable. You know, you have to have um, disciplinary actions already in place where someone could lose their job. Mm-hmm. And, and or be, you know, go to go to jail. But I don't know if that's going to what makes people going to go to the polls this time around. Um, I think that it's, it's a topic um, that people really don't want to, want to address. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of want to wash over it, um, especially with the racial mm-hmm. kind of tone with it. You know, they just want to wash over it. Mm-hmm. Um and it needs to be addressed. I just don't think it's going to be addressed within this election for me. I mean, for me, that's only for me. Mm. For me, mm-hmm. um, it's about progression. Um, those who, like, you know, you already know where Trump stands. Mm-hmm. We, 100% he's with the blue, and that's fine. And, and, he, and he should be, because I'm with the blue, too. However, you need to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, you know it's, it's a job, mm-hmm. and it's a job where you should be fired if you're not doing a great job, you know. So it's one of those things where it's a hard topic to say, go to the polls for this reason. You know, go to the polls because you want police to be held accountable. And because you don't really know what Biden's going to do when he's in there, right? Mm-hmm. He'll tell you one thing, and then... It won't be to the extent of where you need him to be with mm-hmm. the accountability. So you are, but but Trump. One thing to say about him, mm-hmm. he's only one way. <laughs> like there ain't, <laughs> it ain't no shaking him. Like he's what he believes in. He believes in that's gonna be it. Mm-hmm. He'll tell you it. You know, and he'll say it. And so with 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 the Democrats, it's like they sugarcoat everything. And I'm I'm a, I'm a Democrat, so I can say that. So they sugarcoat <laughs> it, right? They sugarcoat it, so you don't really know what you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. You know, once you bite into it. So everyone should be supportive of the people that's supposed to protect our our districts, our streets, our cities, right? We should be supportive of the police. However, once the police are in the wrong, someone has to come along and say you're in the wrong and, 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 and take that person out of there. And it, that's what 
I think society needs. And it's going to, like you said, it's it's a complex issue. There are many layers, and maybe that draws people to the polls. Maybe it doesn't. But I think that you have, you know, we've touched upon quite a few number of issues that are important, and that will prompt many people to go to the polls for one reason or the other. But on that note, we will take we will take one more break, and then we'll finish up when we come back. All right. We are back with about two minutes, three minutes on the radio. So, Keisha, thank you so much. I have had a blast here. For those tuning in, my name is Liz, host of Coffee and Convos, the podcast where you can find it on podcast listening sites like Apple, Spotify, and Anchor. Um, I am just truly thankful to WATR 1320 AM for allowing me to take up the airs. Um, Keisha, you still there? I'm still here. Thank you for such um, a, a interesting conversation. There's just going to be so many interesting levels to uh, this election. And as we continue to go on and, and get closer to November, I'm interested to see how all this plays out and specifically how we are going to vote here in Connecticut. Yeah. But um, and true coffee and combo fashion. Um, what's in your cup? And then this in this section, <laughs> I ask the listener, what are three things they're putting in their cup to get them through their day and their week? And I will go first so you can have some time to think about that. Um, for me today to get through my week and my day, I am putting fun celebration in food because I'm super proud of myself. Um, for those of you who know me, I'm an introvert, so it is really big for me to get on the radio and blab my mouth. So, <laughs> so I'm putting those things to keep my cup full this week and this day. What about you, Keisha? So, believe it or not, Liz, I'm an introvert too. You know, you wouldn't know that about me. I know it's kind of strange mm-hmm. that I'm into it, but I like, I flow by myself. Anyway, so my biggest thing, I have two things, right? So mm-hmm. I listen to music a lot mm-hmm. and, I, and I've actually been listening to more so than normal. Um, and then I like to dance with it. Um, <laughs> but every day for probably the past five months, I've been praying, please let my spa open up. I need a spa day, Liz. Oh my I need gosh. a bad one. Like, like, for I real. Need, I need a relaxation day where you go, you go into a jacuzzi or you go into like a steam, you know, bath or whatever. You just need a relaxation day, not at home either. It needs to be away from the house. Yes. Away from the problems, away from the world. (laughs) That's what I need. I pray for it every day. That's what I do every day. That's in my cup every day. I pray (laughs) for a spa day. Awesome, awesome. We are hitting that one minute mark. Keisha, again, thank you so very much. I'm so glad that, you know, you joined me. Um, Listeners out there, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity and listening. I hope that um, you have gained something from this conversation. And again, please find Coffee and Combos on podcast, um, podcast on Apple, on Spotify, Anchor, all those podcast listening sites, as well as social media, Facebook and Instagram. Keisha, thank you so much. Take care of yourself. Guys, thank you. Okay, bye-bye.